And this week's listener spotlight is MSMT Glass. I don't know who that is. <laughs> if you want to shout out and actually so we know who it is in your name, make sure you put that in the review. This listener writes, insightful and entertaining. I just love the enthusiasm Adam Lewis Walker brings to his interviews. He listens deeply and picks up pieces that really resonate. The themes around discovering your power, the characteristics that make you unique and powerful are so relevant to people in every part of their lives and careers. Leave a short written review and I'll give you that shout out. Attention, authors, coaches, speakers. Three, two, one. Amplify your mission. A-Y-Mission.com. And here is your host. The best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. This week, it's all going to be talking about anxiety and specifically deconstructing anxiety. I know there's a lot of anxiety flying around at the moment. We've got Dr. Todd Pressman on the line, and he is the author of Deconstructing Anxiety, The Journey from Fear to Fulfillment, which I'm fascinated to talk about. I, it's such a great subject, and I think we we all, we all have fear. It's just about how you deal with it. And that's what we're going to be deconstructing today. So, Dr. Todd, are you ready to amplify your mission today? I certainly am. Brilliant. So that was quite a brief bio, quite quick. I know you've done a lot of things. What are you all about? Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? Well, sure. In terms of my bio, I... I love to tell the story, uh, starting with the fact that my father was a psychoanalyst and my mother was a social worker. So really, what chance did I have? I had to be a psychologist, <laughs> right? But then I, I became, I came to it honestly, because when I was perhaps 12 or 13, I started asking all the usual good adolescent existential questions. Why are we here? What's the purpose of life? And what do we do about suffering? And I came to it with quite a passion. So I embarked on a, an intensive search, took me around the world, literally, to study with some amazing people like a, a Zoroastrian high priest in Mumbai, a Sri Lankan firewalker, a Zen master in Kyoto, Balinese fakirs, and so forth. And I started to understand the extraordinary powers of the mind. I wanted to know how to capture that, what they were learning, uh, in order to help people and help myself to relieve suffering and uh, awaken not only the alpha but one's fulfillment and true potential uh you know i got a traditional doctorate in psychology but that holistic approach that um i learned in my travels around the world became very very important in my work and it's all over the place in deconstructing anxiety wow well that's quite some origins and you mentioned some uh, you know some influences there Did, do you feel like there was one that stood out as really that that person or that influence specifically or is it just too many to mention though well, if I really get truthful, it was my father. He was my greatest teacher, quite an extraordinary man, who uh, actually studied with students of Sigmund Freud. So he went Whoa. from the most traditional, yep. at the feet of the master, and I heard some amazing stories about that, from the days when psychiatry was nothing but you know hot and cold baths. They didn't have any other treatments besides that. <laughs> and then he himself went all the way into studies of Eastern literature and mystical traditions, and, and that was quite a profound influence on me. I'm also a big student of Zen Buddhism and a, a teaching with a funny name, but it's quite extraordinary, called A Course in Miracles, if any of your listeners have heard of that. Okay. Wow. So I, I want to dig into, obviously, what we're here to talk about, fear and fulfillment. 
Um, t- tell us kind of like the foundations and like the, 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 I know in your book, you talk about the two drives in conflict and I, you know, they, they obviously work together. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? Sure. Well, we are born seeking and with a natural drive for fulfillment. We come from, I, I believe, a place of original wholeness where we feel a natural fulfillment. We're completely absorbed in the present moment. There's no fear about past or future. I like to say time is fear laid out sequentially and space is fear laid out in three dimensions. So here I am at this point in space and time and my fulfillment is over there at another point in space and time and I have to walk from here to there and all kinds of fearful things can get in the way. So that's what we go around in life doing, you know, trying to get the fear out of the way so that we can reach our fulfillment. But unfortunately, most people don't know how to do that very well. And we get tripped up in a lifetime of trying to always get control over fear, Mm. never getting around to the fulfillment or rarely getting around to it. The deconstructing anxiety model is just about that. And there's some really powerful exercises which have never been presented before to not only release fear and understand the true underpinnings of it, what I call the core fear, the base fear at the root of our unconscious, but find that path to fulfillment, which opens up spontaneously once fear is taken care of. Oh, well, if you're open to it in the interview, I know we don't have a huge amount of time today, but if any of them are kind of bite-sized or you want to give us a sample, I'm happy to be a guinea pig, or we can do that for the listeners as well. So something to think about. And uh, other things I think was interesting in your, I've seen in sort of the outline of your book as well, the three doors, doorways to resolve in fear. That yes. caught my attention as well. Uh, talk to us about that. Sure. Well, I am a holistic psychologist or sometimes called transpersonal psychologist. So I think that you can't have a real resolution of fear or anxiety. The words are kind of the same. And a true achievement of fulfillment, you can't awaken your alpha all the way if you're not going to enter the doorways of what I call the mind, body, and spirit. Well, Mm. uh, I call them the doorways of the mind, body, and spirit. And the idea is that we have lots of of different approaches in psychology and personal growth and spiritual development, but each of them has to address not only the thoughts in our mind, those are, we know, very powerful, the feelings in our body, the uncomfortable sensations of fear, for instance, but also that larger, what I call spiritual context, where we see that we're more than just minds and bodies. There's a purpose here. There's something bigger about us. What is this extraordinary, like miraculous thing called consciousness? How is it that that switch is turned on that brings the spark of life? And that puts our whole uh, human experience into such a powerful context that you can find what I like to call a mighty purpose. Um, in a process in the, in the Deconstructing Anxiety Program called Vision Questing. You can find that mighty purpose and fears just dissolve because you're on a mission. You've got something so important and compelling that you can't stop for the little ordinary fears that trip most people up day after day. So we have to walk through all three doorways. The good news is if you really enter one of those doorways, let's say you really get a deep insight into the origins of your fear in the back of your mind, the doorway of the body spontaneously opens up. There's all this relaxation and sense of uh, peace and excitement and energy in the body. And the doorway of the spirit will open up too. You have that larger perspective. You can enter the doorway of the spirit and say, I'm just so filled with a higher purpose 
that again, my thoughts shift and my body relaxes um, spontaneously. Same thing with the doorway of the body. And obviously it's been a, a very strange year in 2020. I'm sure every year there's always something going on and you know, it, individuals have their own situations. What do you think 2020 as a whole has brought out of, again, everyone's different, but the, the population and, and obviously it feels like fear is, is more, but again, that's a generalization and the media can hype things up, but you know, there are definitely, there's a lot of anxiety out there. Absolutely. And you know, um, it's a good question because of course the anxiety is painful and people are really suffering. Uh, we need tools now more than ever, tools that really work, but there's a silver lining because you see this incredible polarization in our country and the world um, between people who are choosing, you might say, to side with fear and people who are choosing to side with fulfillment or, or our higher potential. And this is bringing awareness out of the unconscious to the fore where we say, you know, what is my life all about? What do I want to make of my life even in trying circumstances? And it's the trying circumstances that prove the mettle of a person, right? Mm -hmm. That's when we discover who we really are. Definitely. I mean, I'm just thinking on a personal note, I mean, my anxiety and, and, and concerns is, you know, I moved across to this, to America. And now that the anxiety is about like my, my parents and close family in England, like when are we going to be able to see each other? Obviously we've gone longer periods, but we've always kind of known when yeah. we could see each other. Or in theory, we could, we could always make it happen on a, in a short, if we needed to, we could go um, between the two countries, which isn't an option now. So it's that unknown that right. definitely is, it's, yeah, it makes, it's, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And obviously they're, sure. they're getting older. So you just start to think about these sort of things, but it's de definitely anxiety. Absolutely. And, you know, your question speaks to some of the really profound issues that we human beings struggle with. And I'm proud to say, if I can use that word, that the Deconstructing Anxiety Program can successfully address the most profound, the most powerful issues that we deal with. And uh, I'll introduce a concept from the program. Um, there are what I call core fears. Mm five universal themes of loss that all of us suffer from. And your listeners might be able to guess some of them. One of the real common ones, of course, is the fear of abandonment, loss of love, right? Another is loss of identity. Who am I really? What are the masks that I'm wearing to present myself to the world? Because I'm afraid to show who I really am, right? But I suffer from it. I hide myself. The third one is loss of meaning. We all need a powerful sense of meaning. We need to know that our lives have worth and value. Number four is loss of purpose. A little bit different from meaning. It's about how do I make my contribution to the world? How do I mm. express myself, sing my song, make my music, right? And make a difference out there. And fifth is the fear of death, sort of the granddaddy of them all, because if, we, if we're not here to <laughs> fulfill our other for uh, senses of meaning and purpose and identity and love, then you know we lose our chance for fulfillment for sure. But the deconstructing anxiety program and the exercises in it are designed to reverse those particular fears, which then turn into ingredients or opportunities for fulfillment. Instead of being afraid of losing love, we find our fulfillment in love. Instead of being afraid of losing identity, we discover our authentic self and then we express it with our contribution and we find our meaning and so forth. 
and we can even overcome the fear of death and find a peaceful acceptance with it that makes it possible to live fully in the present moment. I mean, if it fits the show and it might not be the right format for it and someone's listened to this and they're just, they're feeling anxious. They may have been always been that kind of feeling of anxiety and they're not always that clear on it. And, and they, they feel like maybe they're even more anxious at the moment. And, but they're not hundred percent sure why they, they get the general consensus at uncertain times, but they don't know really the core of, okay, re, in reality, what is different in their day to day? Why are they struggling a little bit more? I right. mean, what sort of questions would you start with to try and, you know, find the core for them? Well, you said, hopefully we would have time for an exercise. And here's, okay. here's a powerful one, which really I call the cornerstone of the deconstructing anxiety model. It's uh, titled digging for gold, because when we find this core fear, our unique version of those five universal themes of loss, we really have gold you know that's like power to have that information and see what it is that's been driving us our entire lives and making decisions out of our control that aren't good for us when we see that we can make new decisions and move toward that potential so here's the exercise sounds very simple but it's actually a really sophisticated tool um here we'll see how it goes you start with a problem any problem will do all problems will deconstruct down to that core fear, and that's pretty powerful right there. You don't, mm. have to have to, you don't have to worry about what is it that's troubling me in this situation, a message. It's always gonna be the same core fear, and you can prove it to yourself with this exercise. You start with a problem, you state it in a short single phrase. Um, my boss is upset with me. Then you ask one of three questions. Why is that upsetting to me? What am I afraid will happen next? And what am I afraid I would miss or lose? These are all different forms of the question. What's the fear underneath that problem? And you pick whichever one of those three questions fits best, mm -hmm. gives the uh, most effective answer. So if my boss is upset with me, what am I afraid will happen next? Choose that one. The answer might be, I could lose my job. Now we have a new answer, but it's one level deeper closer to the core fear and gives more insight about what's going on in the psyche. We do the same thing. I could lose my job. Why is that upsetting to me? And the answer might be, I won't be able to pay my bills, right? And we'd keep going. If I can't pay my bills, what am I afraid I'll miss or lose? I might lose my chance to take care of my family, right? Yeah. Keep going. Same thing. What's, what am I afraid will happen next if I can't take care of my family? We might be out on the street. I'm just making up an example. Mm -hmm. If we're out on the street, what am I afraid I'll miss or lose? I could be exposed to, you know, real danger that could take my life. That would be a core fear of death. Or it could be, I could lose my identity. I need to be this family man, this provider, this uh, alpha, right? That, yeah. that is productive and successful and can make my contribution. So that would be a loss of identity. Or if I'm afraid of not making my contribution, a loss of purpose. Or it could just be a basic feeling of I'm going to lose my meaning, my like sense of worth and value. I need to know that I make a difference here. Anyhow, once you finish that process, you come down to a core fear, one of those five universal themes of loss. And there's this extraordinary moment where it's like, whoa, I see my whole life unfold before me. Flashbacks to past incidents where your core fear made decisions for you or where you learned to think this way and how it shaped an entire worldview. 
I like to say we're living in a three-dimensional multi-sensory hologram, right? We're not really seeing the world out there. We're projecting our fears learned in childhood that actually aren't real. One of my favorite quotes is uh, by Michel de Montaigne. It says, my life was filled with terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. Yep. <laughs> very true. Very true. Wow. Um, uh, you talk about finding your chief defense as well. Oh, you know, and some of the, the master key to resolving fear. And I know you've been obviously touching on starting the process there. I mean, what are some of the key points when it comes to your, your resolving fear? Sure. So we have to understand not only the core fear, but the chief defense, which is its twin. And those two go together hand in glove, what I call the dynamic duo. As soon as we meet our core fear and make up this interpretation of how life can be scary it's so intolerable we have to find a fix we have to find a solution and that becomes a defense a way of protecting ourselves from that core fear and when we really land on something that we think works we buy into it whole hog and that's who we become from that moment on the rest of our lives we're ready to use that strategy for protecting ourselves from fear for protecting ourselves from anything which could get in the way of our fulfillment. Problem is we never get around to fulfillment because we're always trying to take care of fear. Yeah. So as the Chinese proverb goes, we're always preparing to live. I, I suppose, would that be, I mean, a very basic um, scenario, but where, where someone's maybe they're doing a job that they hate because they see that as their chief defense to, you know, some of the other things we were talking about there to not being homeless, to providing, but, and that they see that that is, they have to do that and there's no other options that's their key defense as it were absolutely it mm. could be a cheap defense or it could be what i call a secondary defense we have lots of defenses mm. we become extraordinarily sophisticated at developing nuances in these defenses how am i going to apply this chief defense this basic strategy for how to protect myself from fear in this situation in that situation in that situation but we want to understand that chief defense the the primary understanding of how to make ourselves safe in life so that, and this gets back to your earlier question, we can resolve the fear that it's hiding. Here's the secret. All defenses backfire. They're supposed to protect us from fear. They actually create our fear and they make it much worse. So we have a fear, a core fear. We try to protect ourselves from it. We realize that's not good enough. The fear could escape, come and get us any moment. We try even harder with our defense. The fear could still escape. We try harder. And then we get insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, each time expecting different results. The master key to resolving anxiety is doing the opposite of the chief defense, lifting that off from the fear so that we can face the fear in safe ways and in our imaginations, nothing too scary, it's nothing uncomfortable, and discover, as in that quote, there's no there there, that mm. fear has no teeth. It was totally made up, at least in the sense that there's a problem, but we can manage it. Yeah. There's a new study that just came out that says 91.6% of the time, our fears never materialize. 91.6% of the time we're spending our lives on something that's not even real. Again, that hologram that we're pretending is reality and that has nothing to do with the truth.
I want to ask as well about, I mean, again, it might not fit for this show in the time we've got, but this mindfulness technique, the witness, yes. I saw that, you know, in your, in your book as well. Talk to us about that concept. Sure. Um, it's, uh, it is a mindfulness technique, which really is a Vipassana Buddhism in disguise packaged for Westerners. Uh, <laughs> and I call it Vipassana on steroids because we start with the doorway of the body looking at the physical sensation of fear or any problem that comes from fear. And you can't do this quickly, but I can just describe the general outline of it. It's a meditation where you start paying attention to the qualities of that sensation. What's its shape? What's its weight, texture, temperature, flavor, smell, movement. And when we really keep our attention gently but firmly on that sensation, we're doing the opposite of our chief defense, right? When we have an uncomfortable sensation, we want to push it away. We want to do anything but put our attention on it. So this gently invites us to bring it into awareness. We notice the precise moment where our defense tries to push it away and we take hands off and we start to repeat a mantra. It's okay for this sensation to float there quietly, just as it is. It doesn't have to go away. And there's a visualization in the exercise where you picture it in a room, it's just filling up the room, this shape, this texture, this weight and so forth, filling up the room, an invisible hand squeezing it, making it all the more uncomfortable. And as you repeat the mantra, it's okay, it doesn't have to go away. I can settle in, I can be here with it for longer and longer stretches of time. The room opens up, metaphorically, our our experience opens up, our consciousness expands. We make more space for it until that room disappears completely, that hand disappears, and we find ourselves floating in an inner cosmos, I call it, infinite space, wherein it's perfectly peaceful to have that sensation, a neutral sensation. It doesn't have to be called bad. That's just our defenses judging it, pushing it away. We let it float there and it transforms. And we're free then to create, literally create, our experience of life, of who we are and of life. I can go into this sensation with all these qualities of weight, temperature, texture, and so forth. I might have called it something unpleasant before, but now it's neutral. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. It tells me I'm alive. And I can fill my consciousness with that and make that a sense of purpose and power. Or I can move into this sensation over here. And we get to play with creating our reality with this exercise called the witness. You don't have to be afraid anymore once you realize you're creating the whole picture and you can recreate it according to your own design. Wow. And when was a time or period in your life when you feel like you felt the most fear personally or anxiety, whether it was a prolonged period or a specific situation where you really had to apply some of this and, and it wasn't easy. You really had to fight and it was a challenge. <laughs> well, I work on it every day. Mm -hmm. I can say, um, I think I've gotten rid of about 80% of my fear, which is pretty significant because as you said at the beginning, all of us have fear. It is part of the human condition. There's no, no escaping it. But it's hard to answer quickly. There's a, a technique in the book called working with the nexus point. That's the center in the middle of the body, sort of, but it's not just the physical body, where Thoughts from the mind, sensations from the body, 
and the movement, the contraction and the expansion of the spirit come together to create our experience in that moment. And at this point, if I'm confronted with some significant fear, I can't think about the biggest fear, nothing comes to mind, but if I'm confronted with something very challenging, I can notice the initial moments where that nexus point is starting to contract and my thoughts are honing in on it and saying, I've got to defend and mm. squeeze and, and contract again and take personal control, right? In, a, in an ego kind of a way. And I soften, I relax, I melt back into that ground of being, that sense of wholeness, which is our original state. And I see that that illusion that I was about to project as something very scary disperses like a cloud. It literally disperses. It doesn't mean I don't do anything. It means now again, I'm free to choose my next move without the dictates of fear. And I can choose according to the, the uh, higher purpose of fulfillment in any way that works best for me. You mentioned, obviously, everyone has fear. What are your thoughts on um, people who m maybe don't, well, it's hard to quantify, but potentially don't have enough fear? I mean, it's a rarer one. Or some people who say, I'm fearless. Yeah. Um, obviously, it doesn't really exist. But those who are maybe a bit gung-ho or you know, the fear on the most base level is there to protect you. And then obviously we just get carried away with it. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think there's many of them sort of people out there? And uh, yeah, interesting to hear yours. Sure. Um, first of all, fear isn't actually a good protector. It loves to fool us into thinking mm. that it is. And at the beginning of the book, Deconstructing Anxiety, I talk about the five deceptions and the eight manipulations of fear, ways Ooh. that fear distorts our yes. perception to fool us into thinking we better take its hand and listen to its guidance like it's our best friend. No, fear always backfires. It always robs us of fulfillment. We can accomplish the same thing without fear and much, much better. So that's point number one. People who would say I'm fearless and there are a lot of people who, I mean, that's kind of an extreme example where somebody yeah. says, I'm just going to, you know, barge in uh, head first to whatever situation. That's actually a defense, right? We have to be oh. wise about this. We don't want to throw ourselves in front of a truck. So that's a defense hiding a different kind of fear that says, I can't afford to be seen as having fear. Mm. They're afraid of other people seeing them as having fear. <laughs> so that's not actually a very good excuse. Uh, for more often, uh, a, a more common situation would be people who say, you know, I don't really experience any fear or anxiety. My life is comfortable. And that's fine, except I like to say they're lucky enough for the moment to be conveniently located inside their defenses. In other words, they've got their comfort zone, they put up their yep. walls, and they're not looking at the potential for things that will scare us until we learn how to deal with them effectively in these ways. So all of us are gonna get hit with fear, at, at least when it comes time to die, but certainly many times before that. And we wanna take, take charge now in strategic, skillful ways to learn these tools so that we can live a life of fulfillment instead of fear. Hmm. Talking about learning them tools, are there any habits or daily practices that, that manage fear and, and you know, keep it <laughs> in a position that's useful for you? I am not a big fan of quick tips because mm -hmm. I don't think they go very deeply, but uh, I can give you the principle, again, the way to resolve fear, no matter what the situation, 
is find out how you're defending against it and do the opposite. Do it in manageable doses, but do the opposite. Go into, there are three ways to do the opposite of, of your cheat defense. One is to go into the fear directly. If someone is afraid of, they say, say they have OCD, they're afraid of touching doorknobs. Mm -hmm. Have them touch the doorknob over and over, right? That's exposure therapy and psychology. Second way is to simply do nothing. That's a, an exercise in the program called the warrior stance. You freeze physically in the middle of some activity that your fear says you better get done and you let those voices of fear wash over you and they start to again disperse until you realize there was nothing real about it. I have freedom to choose my next moment. It might be to continue doing the same thing, but I don't have to. And the third way is to do something completely unrelated to your fear, that higher purpose, that mighty, mighty vision we were talking about, because you get so filled up with this spiritual perspective that the fear just doesn't have a chance to stand up to it. It sort of dries up because of lack of attention. Uh, the vision questing exercise, again, is very powerful for experiencing that directly. So you can try any one of those three. They need some finesse, and there are techniques that are pretty, um, pretty uh, easy to follow but sophisticated in the book uh, for doing exactly that. And, you know, day by day, we get better and better at this stuff until we see the fear. We really don't believe in fear as a way to succeed in life anymore. And is there a particular all-time favorite quote or sums up your approach to succeeding in life? Any come to mind? I know you love your quotes as well. George Bernard Shaw uh, is actually the one who, uh, from whom I borrowed the phrase, a mighty purpose. And here's just a piece of a quote. It goes like this. This is the true joy in life. The being used for a purpose considered by yourself as a mighty one. The being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making me happy. <laughs> and then it goes on and says, I am of the opinion that um, I, am, I wanna be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live, and I wanna pass this torch on to future generations and so forth. Yeah, he does a few good quotes, definitely. Um, and outside of your own book, which obviously we have in the show notes as well, De Deconstruct Deconstructing Anxiety, are there any other impactful books for you? Well, again, I'm not sure if it's for everybody, but A Course in Miracles is an extraordinary teaching. It's just like way beyond anything else I've read. Um, and uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, highfalutin in some ways, but very accessible in others. Um, so that would be my one answer. There too many others to pick yeah. from but uh yeah okay uh, and if people want to continue the conversation what's the best way for them to connect with you oh well, i guess through my website which is either toddpressman.com or deconstructinganxiety.com or they can feel free to email me at toddpressman at comcast.net perfect yeah. and as it when it comes to deconstruction anxiety i know it's you know there's a lot to cover We've dived into quite a few bits. Is there anything else that you feel like was important to get across? The thing I want to leave people with most is always that no matter what, and I mean that in the extreme, no matter what, we can always, always resolve the fear underneath whatever our problems are and open up that path to fulfillment. And we just can't afford to quit. Our souls will not rest until we found that fulfillment, that original sense of wholeness and completion. So 
whatever your path, whether it's deconstructing anxiety or something else, go for it. Don't let yourself stop. Oh, Todd, thank you so much for your time today. It's a great way to finish. Attention, authors, coaches, speakers. Make sure to join our Amplify Your Mission community on Facebook. Thank you for your cooperation. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. System shutdown in three, two, one.